We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. I am the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. I don't know if this is a special edition, but this is going to be a recruiting edition. Maybe that's that's what I really meant to say when I talked about special, is we're going to talk some recruiting today. So a lot of team topics to come up, obviously. Tomorrow, we're going to have a special guest. We're going to have Claudette Montana-Pattison here uh, on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk USC. What's the latest with USC? Talk about that rivalry getting that back on track. So that'll sort of be our USC preview. We're going to preview the rest of the teams in the schedule. Lots of camp information. Vince will be at practice on Thursday, so we'll get another chance to see the Notre Dame football team in action. But today I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about recruiting for Notre Dame. I wanted to kind of look at, I was uh, driving around a lot yesterday, so I had a chance to sit talk with a friend of mine just sort of about where this recruiting class is. And where this class stacks up right now amongst the all-time best recruiting classes of the Brian Kelly tenure, and then what it would need to do to sort of finish with that that being the best. And then, of course, we note this past week after getting Tobias Merriweather and C.J. Williams, Notre Dame jumps up to number one on the, the rivals' rankings, which is partly because they have so many more commits than other people. That's just the nature of it this early in the process, or at least this stage in the process. So then we look at it and say, okay, well, well, what would Notre Dame have to do to finish with that number one, number two, like that top three caliber class? And I'm, I'm going to do it because I don't, I, I've said, this, I don't care about where they finish in those rankings, but I know a lot of you do. And so I do want to talk about just where, what I think they would have to do to stay in that top three group. But then, all, and also it serves as sort of a, okay, we've kind of wrapped up the summer. As far as I know, these are all the, the 2022 commitments that are scheduled, that are anticipated, these are done. Uh, there's plenty of guys on the board, but those aren't guys that necessarily have set dates uh, to commit. There's one player that that could make a decision soon, but it would kind of just be he wakes up one morning and says, okay, I'm, I'm ready to be done with it. And we'll get into that. Just but we'll, So it's sort of a state of the union on 2022 recruiting. And then just kind of talk about what would have to happen for Notre Dame to get to the point where they can take that step and finish with that top, that coveted top three recruiting class from a 
a recruiting ranking standpoint. So not from a practical standpoint that you and I may sit here and say, yeah, it's a top three class, but more of what the recruiting rankings uh, and the recruiting services will do. So I want to dive into that today. And then, of course, we'll we'll answer some questions. And and uh, and and I know there's some 2023 questions out, out there and we'll answer any other questions you have about the recruiting class or the the team. So let's just kind of start off with the offense. Obviously, the offense got two huge additions in the last week by getting Tobias Merriweather and C.J. Williams. And it's like the offensive class looks a lot different now with those two players in the class. But I think that's the side of the ball that ultimately is going to determine whether or not this class can be a top two or three group. Uh, and I just don't know if there's a lot they can do to fix that, to be honest with you. You look at running back recruiting, obviously Jadarian Price is a good player. I think one thing that could help the staff is if Jadarian goes out and has a great senior year and maybe gets a jump in the rankings. That's always something that can help your recruiting classes if, you know, like Aiden Gabera having a great spring uh, and jumping up, going from a three-star to a top 250 guy certainly helped Notre Dame's recruiting rankings. And if Jadarian Price can have that kind of jump. The receivers on the board, Major Eberhardt and Xavion Bradshaw, are not necessarily needle movers from a recruiting points standpoint. I think they're certainly needle movers from a practical standpoint, but not from a point standpoint. And then you look at offensive line. There's three players on the board, and all three would move the needle to a degree. Obviously, you have Billy Shrouth. Where things stand with Billy Shrouth, well, running back two, Quinshawn Junkins is on the board. He's also, again, not a guy that's going to move the needle from a recruiting ranking standpoint. Now, he is interested in Notre Dame. Notre Dame is interested in him. He's scheduled to visit for Notre Dame's September 11th matchup against Toledo. And I think if Notre Dame gets him on, if they are able to get him on campus that weekend and they decide to actually push for him, which right now is not, it's not determined that they're definitely going to push for him to the point where they would take him. I think they'd have a, a shot there. I, I'm not going to say they're his, his leader, but they'd have a shot there. You know, he's a, a kid from Alabama that's coming up to visit Notre Dame. He understands what Notre Dame's about. He likes it. He's interested. And so there's certainly a level of interest there with him and them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But from a recruiting ranking standpoint, really the guys on the board that can move the needle offensively are the linemen. And I think practically speaking, there's a need for another lineman in this class. The question is, is how good is that lineman going to be rankings-wise or practically? Ranking-wise, if they get one of the three guys on the board, it's going to be a positive. You know, obviously, Billy Shrouth is a top 150 guy. Zach Rice is a five-star recruit. And Emil Wagner's a top 150 recruit. And most people, 247 has him a top, as a top 100 recruit. So clearly, those guys would move the needle from a recruiting ranking standpoint. Shrouth, to me, is the, is the guy that practically would move the needle the most. 
I think Zach Rice is a very good player. I think he's over. I, I think he's he. Let me say this. I don't like using that O word. I think he's better. Uh, he's he's not as good as maybe the rankings would indicate, but he's still a pretty good player. And then, of course, you have Emil Wagner, who's a bit of a wild card. But rankings-wise, from a recruiting ranking standpoint, getting Emil Wagner would be very good for Notre Dame because he is considered a highly ranked recruit. I have some concerns about him, practically speaking, just because of his frame. He's a very talented player, but he's he's ranked high, so that would certainly help. So if you look at the offensive class, they've got to finish with one of those three offensive linemen. I think that's the key. The other the other positions, running back, wide receiver, those aren't necessarily positions you're going to have needle movers. Look, they're, they're not really in the mix for Andre Green Jr., in my opinion. If he visits in the fall, I'll be a tad surprised, but you know he may still come. I just don't see that one happening. I think at this point in time, that's where the offensive class is. They, they, they've got their two huge pickups at wide receiver. They need to finish with some offensive line, an offensive lineman in this class. Here's another thing that I think could help this class from a recruiting ranking standpoint. And that is that Ty Chan starts to really take that jump as a senior. Now, we didn't get a chance to see him as a junior. And, and so we don't really know what Ty Chan's going to be this year. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to find out, it, you know, can he make the jump that I think he's capable of making? If he does, he could go from like a top 250 kind of guy to a top 100 caliber guy real quick. And then the same thing is for Ashton Craig. So I think offensively, if you're someone who's looking for this team to finish with a top three class, you need them to land one of those big linemen, and you need a at least one of the linemen to, to have a jump, or or Jadarian Price to sort of have a jump, or potentially even a Morin Walker. We've already seen ESPN put him in their top two fifty, but if a Morin comes out healthy, if he shows off the speed that 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 people talk about him having, that that Notre Dame thinks he has, that he showed at the Alabama camp, if he can show that on the field this year, being from where he's from, he could jump up the rankings too, and that's something that could certainly help them with their their uh, recruiting rankings at this point in time. Now let's talk about the defense. This is the side of the ball already that is carrying this class, even with the additions of the receivers. There are, there are really three things that need to happen for, for Notre Dame on defense for this class to really finish as the best defensive class in the country. It's going to be in the conversation. It already is in the conversation right now. But to, to finish with that, but then also to have enough star power to say, hey, they're going to be a number one to three ranked class. The first one is you have to get Xavier Nwangpa. I think that's a must. Now, where things stand right now, Ohio State obviously is still the main contender. I think it's still going to come down to a Notre Dame-Ohio State battle. That's where I think it's going to be. That's how I think it's going to finish is between those two schools. As I've said all summer, my stance has not changed. The longer this one plays out, the better it is for Notre Dame, in my opinion. I think Notre Dame is, has really built up a strong connection with Xavier. The next two steps are building a strong relationship with his family which is happening daily. And then him continuing to build relationships with the commits in the class. I think that's going to be a very important piece to this. He's going to visit this fall. I'm not sure which game it is. I've, I've heard from some people. It might be the USC game. He may come sooner. Uh, I would hope and think that it would be the USC game. If he's, if he's part of this is going to depend on his time frame. He's talked about wanting to decide during the season. He may want to decide by the time the USC game comes around. So then he may want to visit sooner. Hopefully he he's willing to stick it out long enough to where he can visit for the USC game. I think that would be the, <clears throat> the ideal scenario for Notre Dame. But he's a must-get, and he's a must-get for two reasons. Number one, he's a, it fills a position of need, a huge position of need. Well, it's really three reasons. One, huge position of need. Practically speaking, it's very important. Number two, Xavier's a highly ranked player. 
know, he's a guy that when you when you look at his overall recruiting rankings, with the exception of I think one service, I think ESPN has him low, but I think all of us understand that ESPN's rankings are not necessarily ones to be taken very seriously. But you look at his other rankings, he's the th- number 13 overall player in the country by 24-7 sports. He's the number 35 overall player in the country on SI99 and on the rivals uh, top list. And he's 162 on ESPN. He's the number 57 overall player in the country. So I think obviously getting a kid like him, like for, if you look at like the rivals 247 rankings, not the composite, just their rankings, you land the number 13 player in the country, the number 35 player in the country, that's huge. For SI99, obviously SI99 does their rankings. SI American does their rankings differently. It's more subjective, less objective, meaning they take into account, you know, need, size, impact, talent. It's more of just a, hey, I believe this class is better than that class. It's not a point-based system like some of the others. But for all three of those, a guy like Xavier Nwankpa is a needle mover. There's no question about it. And the reality is, is the rankings are skewed towards top, 25 to 50 caliber recruits. That's just the way that the rankings are skewed. And the higher you are, the the more huge boost you're going to get from a recruiting number standpoint. So Xavier Nawakpa certainly fits that that need. And then the third part of that is part of finishing with a top class is not just landing top players, but it's making sure the schools you're in competition with for the top class don't get you you beat them for certain players, right? So Ohio State right now is behind Notre Dame when it comes to the recruiting rankings. According to, to 247 Sports and to Rivals. So, how do you stay above Ohio State? It's you keep adding players, but then you beat them for some guys that they want or they think they're going to get. That's obviously a big part of that, too. Xavier Nwankpa is one of those guys. Then you look at the defensive lines. So obviously, the loss of Darren Agu, practically speaking, was certainly a loss. It, it was absolutely a loss. He was a really talented football player, a high upside player. But from a ranking standpoint, he wasn't a guy that necessarily had a great impact on the class at this point in time. So then you look at the class and you say, okay, you lose him. What opportunities does that that open up now for scholarships? Well, obviously Notre Dame has really been on Anthony Lucas this entire time, and they're still going to stay on him. We're going to talk about him. But then it opened up an opportunity for them to go push for Hero Canoe. And I'm going to talk about Hero first because it ties into the conversation that we just had about Xavier Nwankpa. There's three reasons why Hero Canoe is a very important recruit for Notre Dame at this point in time. Number one, he's a very good football player and and at a position that I believe is a need, which is a a more pure interior player. Number two, he's a top 100 caliber recruit. Uh, I believe both Rivals and 247, I believe both have him as a top 100 player. And that's, again, those top 100 players are the big points getters for these recruiting rankings. And, and so when you look at his rankings for rivals, he's ranked number 80 in the country. You look at his ranking for 247 sports, he's number 84 in the country. He's number 79 on the composite list. So he's a highly ranked kid. And I think because he's still kind of new to football, I don't see him taking a step back this year as a senior in high school. I think he's going to take another step forward. And then number three, right now, I would say that Ohio State is is the biggest competition for Notre Dame when it comes to Hero Canoe. I think those two schools, now there's others involved, Alabama, there's other schools involved, but I think those two schools to me right now have the edge. So if Notre Dame is able to beat Ohio State for these two recruits, they would be huge, monumental wins. But it also keeps Ohio State from adding two more top 100 players to their class that they want. So that helps as well. So the, the, it's that three three tier aspect. Now the key for Hero is going to be getting him back on campus for a game. 
and continuing to build that relationship. Ohio State had a bit of a head start on him when it comes to building that relationship. They have some built-in advantages from a relationship standpoint. Notre Dame has some built-in relate, you know, uh, uh, advantages from a with from a non-football coaching relationship. Obviously, with Alexander Aaronsberger, obviously Brandon Collier, who runs that that European program, has a great deal of respect for House for Notre Dame, um, and so I think that helps as well. But the, it's the staff's going to have to convince Hero that that they're you know where he stands on their board. So that's a big one. And then finally, you get to Anthony Lucas. That, that one could be the ultimate game changer for Notre Dame. Now, Rival still has him ranked as like a, a 150 kind of guy, but he's a five-star caliber range. He's a top 20 caliber player for 247 Sports. He is a, a top 20 player for SI All-American as well. He's going to be a highly ranked player when it's all said and done. I have a feeling Rivals is going to eventually come around on him like they did with Liam Eikenberg and, and have him ranked higher. And that's an that's that'd be another big one. But again, that's a guy that Texas AM wants, that's a guy that Alabama wants, that's a guy that Miami wants. And those are three programs that are going to be battling to be in that top five uh, along with Notre Dame. And when I'm referring to top five, I'm talking about the the top recruiting rankings, not the top five for Anthony Lucas. So those are three that are big. And and the latest with Anthony Lucas is is it's kind of still the same way it's been. I think that it who the top school, the perceived top school is, changes for him week to week. It's Alabama one week. It's Texas A&M the next. It's Notre Dame the next. It's Miami the next. I think, now I think what I know about this recruitment is Anthony and his family like Notre Dame a lot. They like the unique aspects of what of Notre Dame. And I think that's why they're in the game right now. The relationships plus what makes them different. Now the final piece for Notre Dame is they have to give Anthony a, 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 another good reason to go there football-wise. I think academics, big check mark for him and the family, right? That that definitely checks, you know, that box is checked. Relationship, box checked. If they can go out there and put a big-time product on the field this year, I think that's going to help him a ton. And I think there's two players that he's going to have his eye on that if they can have really productive seasons in this Marcus Freeman defense, it's going to be successful. And, and because that's the key right there is this was not a defense that really was a monster numbers defense for defensive linemen. I mean, you've had some good numbers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Julian Aguar in 2018 had 12, I think 12 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. Jerry Tillery had eight and a half sacks, 10 and a half tackles for loss. Khalid Green had back-to-back years of, you know, 10 to 11 tackles for loss, you know, four to five sacks. Adi Tagumba Ogandiji had seven sacks this past season, but it's not like the monster numbers you see from other programs. And, and that we've even seen from Notre Dame in past years. When you look at Stefan Tuitt was a double-digit sack guy. Uh, Sheldon Day in 2015 when he had 15 and a half tackles for loss. In this defense with Marcus Freeman, I expect there to be more production from the front four. And I think that's going to be important. I think Myron Tungavaloa is, is a guy that that I believe Anthony Lucas is, is – you could use to really impress Anthony Lucas because – Anthony Lucas's thing is he's kind of got the body of a three technique, but he's got the game of a, of a power end, and he wants to be an edge player. Notre Dame is more than willing to accommodate that. If he wants to play end and he can stick an end, they're more than happy to do that. And so I think Myron Tungvaloa moving from three technique to the big end position in this defense, it could be great a great selling point for, for Lucas for if you're Notre Dame to look at it and say, hey, look, look at this guy. He was a three technique. We put him down. We streamlined his body. We don't put a bunch of weight on him. We took weight off of him. He goes to big end. He has, you know, 10 tackles for loss, four or five sacks. And, you know, he was a three-star recruit, right? 
And then you look at the total production from that position with, you know, if Justin Adamiola is playing over there, if, if Nana plays there, if Alexander Ahrensberger plays there, if Riley Mills gets some playing time there, which I could certainly see that happening, then you can look at it and say, look at the total production of this position compared to, to past years. You need to be a part of this. Then you can have the five technique stuff where then you're watching him uh, playing in the three down fronts where they're playing a five technique. And you can look at him, uh, Myron Tugavolo and Jason Adamiola. But then also I think Jason Adamiola is going to have an impact too because Anthony has said he understands there's times where he, he will move inside. If Jason Adamiola is moving inside as an undersized three technique, you know, 285 is not necessarily under, it's, it's not small, but it's not the typical 295 to 305 or some of the big boys you see in the SEC. So he can be 280, 285, be athletic, be productive, be disruptive, getting into the backfield, making plays behind the line. Then that's going to be further evidence to Anthony Lucas to say, look, we got production from the big end. We got production from the three technique. We got production from our five techniques. We go to our three down front and, and you're every bit as good, if not better than all those guys, right? That'll be the pitch to him. And I think if you can kind of put that product on the field, that's going to help you because Alabama's product speaks for itself, right? Miami, who he likes a lot, I grew up a Miami fan. Miami just put two defensive ends into the first round of the NFL draft, right? They, that product is selling itself. Texas A&M is expected to have a great defensive line this year, uh, led by DeMarvin Leal. So th- that's who your competition is. You have to be able to match that on-field production. If he loves the academics, if he loves the relationships, but the football piece is down, then that's going to hurt him. Notre Dame needs to be able to sell all three, like Marcus Freeman has talked about in the past, to where, hey, you can come here, you can be a great player, you can be an All-American, you can put up big-time numbers, and you can get a great education, and you can build yourself for the rest of your career, and you can be a high pick, and you can play for championships. That whole package is there. It's just they have to convince him of the football part, and that's going to be the key with Anthony Lucas. And I think Notre Dame is in striking distance to do that. They're just going to have to – now it's about what happens on the field. But back to the recruiting aspect of it, if you can land you, – you have to land two of those three defensive players and one of the linemen to have a shot to stay in the top three. Beyond that, it's going to require a jump. So it's going to require Devin Moore making a jump. It's going to require Benjamin Morrison making a jump. Now, those jumps should happen. I think those players should be ranked higher. Devin Moore is the number 80 player in the country on SI in the SI-99. Now rivals in 247 have to follow suit. They have to have a better idea of – of who of who he is and jump them in the rankings and those are the kind of things that you look for. It's not just about who they have or who they're going to get, but it's about the guys that they have also making a jump. That's going to be a big part of this whole thing. So that's kind of where things are. That's where things stand. If you want to get into more specifics about where things stand with players. Billy Shrouth. It hasn't changed since a few days ago when I talked about this. I'm, I feel a lot better about where Notre Dame stands now than I did a month ago, and I've, and, but not as good as I felt two months ago when when he was basically in the class. So that's going to be one. Zach Rice, I, I don't feel as good today as I did before. I think Notre Dame was able to strike while you know the you know strike hot, a hot moment. They were able to get in there. Now it's going to be about can you stay in it for the long haul? I have some doubts about whether that's going to happen. They're going to give it a shot, but. They have to be careful that they don't put so much emphasis on Zach Rice that they lose sight of those other guys. Because if you put all your eggs in the Zach Rice basket and you don't get him, and then you've missed out on Billy Shrouth or Emil Wagner or some of those other players, you could be in trouble. I think another thing that they need to do offensive line-wise is they need to expand the board a little bit. 
They need to look for some guys that can flip. They need to tell the the, the recruiting analysts, that, hey, you know, uh, that'd be Bill Reese and his crew. Hey, look, we are looking for some senior off, rising senior offensive linemen that maybe are under the radar, maybe some late bloomer type of guys, some guys maybe we can flip that fit what we're looking for. And, and I think that's something you have to do too. You can't. I, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't put all my eggs in the Zach Rice basket. I'll just leave it at that. And then Emil Wagner, obviously, I'm not. I'm not sure if Notre Dame's going to make a push for him right now. I think they could, if they did, they they'd have a good shot at getting him, but it's not a given. And I think part of it is because Ohio State and Notre Dame haven't pushed for him as hard. Some other programs have Maryland, Kentucky, for example. And I think that's certainly helped those programs at receiver. Notre Dame is going to, is supposed to get a visit in September from Xavier Bradshaw. I think the next month for him is going to be huge. And the reason I say that is, is because, He's got to make the visit. He's got to do everything that they tell him to do. If they ask him to send him film or transcripts or whatever else, he's got to do it. He's got to make that visit. But by the time he makes his visit to Notre Dame, he will have played some games. And I think if he starts the season off on a hot note and then the visit goes well, you may see Notre Dame make a move on him. Not not a given, but you could see them make a move on him. And to me, that would be a, a, a really good, smart decision by the staff. And then there's Major Everhart. I'm curious to see if he's going to schedule a visit anytime soon. I think the longer it goes where he hasn't set up a visit, I think the less interest he, he, it, I'll believe he has, but I think those two guys, those two guys are important recruits more practically than they are recruiting ranking standpoint, but that's the latest with those guys. So like, just not a lot of movement right now with recruits. There's just not a lot changing. Teams are in fall camp. These players are starting their fall camps. This is the time of the year when you're just not going to see a lot of movement. So you know, a lot of the questions of what's the latest with so-and-so, it's going to be the same story kind of day after day. It's not going to start moving again now that some of these commitments have been made. You're not going to see a lot of movement until kids start getting on campus in September. That's going to be the next batch of, of movement where kids are going to make their visits, get to see schools and things like that. That's going to be the, the important piece. But there's still relationship building to be had. There's still recruiting pitches to be made. It's just not going to be as hot and heavy with the actual coaches. It's going to be people like Chad Bowden and Dre Brown and those kind of guys uh, doing a lot of this now as since fall camp is is underway. And that's true at, at a lot of these schools. So uh, that's uh, that's the latest there. So that's kind of where we're at with Notre Dame recruiting right now. I think I'll say this. I think that this is this is as close to being a – a legitimate top three class that, that that for Notre Dame than they've been since 2013 when they actually finished with a top three class. Now, it ended up not panning out quite as well because you lost Eddie Vanderdose, who ended up not being a part of the class. And, you know, that kind of I kind of put a wrinkle that put a little bit of a wrinkle in things uh, in regards to uh, that class and how it was able to finish and and just how good it was, but it was still a top five class. And yeah, you know, but the thing about that class that this class won't have is that class had several five star recruits. You obviously Jalen Smith and Max Redfield, Eddie Vanderdose. Uh, you had um, uh, Greg Bryant was a was a five star recruit by I think Rivals had him as a five star recruit. I can't remember, but you had those high level guys that kind of bumped your overall numbers because they were those elite players. I think this class doesn't have as many of those type of guys at least from a ranking standpoint, but what it has is has greater depth. And I think that's the thing that's going to help this group out. So um, that's that's kind of where things stand with, with Notre Dame recruiting. That's where things stand with 
just sort of what Notre Dame needs to do. I hope I answered those questions that we've had about, you know, what does Notre Dame need to do to finish in the top three or finish with the number one ranked class? I don't know if number one is possible. They'd have to, to me, they'd have to kind of get that inside straight to do that. They'd have to get, they'd have to get, you know, Shrouther Rice. They'd have to get Canoe. They'd have to get Anthony Lucas and they'd have to get, um, Xavier Nwakpa, and they need at least a couple guys to kind of jump. I just think because when you look at it, the thing that will help them is Clemson's going to have a bit of a smaller class this year. Bama's probably going to take a little bit of a smaller class this year. Ohio State's had some losses. So I think there's some things working in Notre Dame's favor, but now they have to they have to really kind of take it to that next step. So that's where we are at and with this portion. So that that's kind of gives you an idea of where things stand with Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. And at least with the 2022 class. Now, of course, Notre Dame's going to start moving on to the 2023 class. We're going to see a lot of those kids on campus this summer or this fall. Uh, Notre Dame's already zeroed in on who they want at certain positions, like linebacker. It's a no-brainer. They want Drake Bowen and Sonny Styles. That's it. I mean, that's that's the goal. The cornerback board is kind of settling into form of, of who their priorities are. Defensive line, because of the commitments of Keon Keeley and Brennan Vernon, that board is kind of settling in of who they want, what their numbers are. Other boards are still evolving. The running back board's evolving. The, the receiver board is evolving. The offensive line board is evolving. The tight end board is evolving, but also also come out of it in a clear view of, of where things stand. So that's going to do it for this portion of the podcast. Now we're going to dive into next, we're going to dive into some of your questions about Notre Dame recruiting and Notre Dame football. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.